Welcome to Healthcare Hot Button Issues. I'm Harry Liu. In today's episode, we'll talk about the rebate practices of pharmacy benefit managers, or PBMs. I will explain why regulating PBMs rebate practices is not going to address the public's concerns. On June 7th, the Federal Trade Commission launched an inquiry into the prescription drug middleman industry, that is the PBM industry. They are requesting documentation and records of business practices from the six largest PBMs. The goal is to examine if PBMs vertically integrated with insurers or pharmacists, if they engage in anti-competitive practices, and if these practices affect prescription drugs access and affordability. The Federal Trade Commission's inquiry was in response to a request for information issued early this year. Over 24,000 public comments were submitted. Much of the debate centers around rebates, restrictions on access, and the treatment of unaffiliated pharmacies. In particular, there are three primary concerns over rebate practices. Concern number one, rebates are calculated as a percentage of list prices. For the same rebate percentage, the higher the list price, the greater the rebate. So PBMs are incentivized to place drugs with a high list price on preferred formulary tiers and ignore cost-effective ones such as generics or biosimilars. Concern number two, in response to PBMs incentives, drug manufacturers purposely increase list prices so that their products will obtain a better formulary placement due to larger rebates. And concern number three, consumers or patients do not benefit from rebates because their cost sharing such as copay or coinsurance is calculated based on list prices rather than post-rebate net prices. In the last several years, many solutions have been proposed to regulate PBM's rebate practices, including those from academics, Congress, and the Trump administration, such as requiring rebates to be passed through to payers or consumers and replacing rebates with administrative fees. However, research and economic reasoning suggests that regulating PBMs' rebate practices will not shift rebate benefits from PBMs to payers or consumers, nor will it bend the cost curve. On the contrary, prohibiting rebates or fees linked to list prices and volume will increase prescription drug spending. Let's start with some basic questions about PBMs to give it a bit of a background, then we'll go into the analysis. First question is, what does a PBM do? PBM is a middleman as described by the Federal Trade Commission. It performs several key functions in a prescription drug supply chain. It negotiates drug prices with manufacturers, designs and manages formularies for payers. By the way, a formulary is a list of prescription drugs accessible to health plan members with different levels of cost sharing. PBMs work with pharmacists to deliver drugs to patients and process prescription drug claims. They may also operate their own mail order or specialty pharmacies. Price negotiation with manufacturers and managing formularies have to go hand in hand because without formularies, price negotiation would not be effective. But price negotiation and formulary management can be separated from contracting with pharmacists to deliver drugs and processing claims. Anthem's contract with CVS Caremark is such an example. CVS helps Anthem with prescription fulfillment 
and claims processing, but Anthem negotiates with drug manufacturers directly and manages its own formulary. So the second question is, how do PBMs make money? First, PBMs represent payers to negotiate prices with manufacturers and receive rebates or fees based on discounts of, of list prices. A portion of rebates are passed through to payers, and PBMs keep the rest. The second source of PBMs income comes from spread pricing, that is the difference between the amount they charge payers for prescription drugs and the amount they pay pharmacists. Since PBMs provide services to payers and drug manufacturers, they collect administrative fees from them. They also charge pharmacists direct and indirect remuneration fees based on performance measures. In addition, PBMs earn money from operating their own mail order or specialty pharmacies. According to PBM Accountability Project, in 2019, the industry earned a total gross profit of $28 billion. With $7.3 billion, or a quarter of gross profits, from retained rebates or manufacturer fees linked to list prices and volume. $11 billion, or 40%, from payer fees, spread pricing, and fees from pharmacies. $10 billion, or about a third, of gross profits from operating affiliated mail order or specialty pharmacies. The third question is how much value do PBMs generate for the society? As middlemen, PBMs have to provide value to both payers, for example, plan sponsors and employers, by securing lower prices, and to drug manufacturers by realizing a larger sales volume. The primary source of value generation is economies of scale because PBM's core business is essentially a volume discounting model. The more lives covered or pharmacists contracted, the greater their negotiation power and the larger the sales volume. Of course, their know-how in formulary management and claims processing plays a role as well. A study was published last year. It analyzed multiple years of data on anti-cholesterol drugs the authors concluded that, compared to a scenario where drug manufacturers sell directly to payers and consumers, PBMs reduce payments to drug manufacturers by 23% and save prescription drug costs by 18%. By pure coincidence, the U.S. Government Accountability Office conducted a study in 2003 for federal government employees. They estimated the same amount of savings, that is 18%, because of PBMs. Here comes our analysis why regulating rebate practices would not work. PBM's core business is based on volume discounts. By offering concessions in prices, drug manufacturers compete for better formulary status and thus a larger sales volume. In other words, the consequence is serious if PBMs are not allowed to leverage their economies of scale, just as surgeons are not allowed to perform surgeries using their hands. Any regulations limiting PBM's ability to negotiate will kill value generation. Therefore, part of the compensation of PBMs must be tied to rebates or discounts obtained from drug manufacturers. Otherwise, PBMs are not going to try their best to bring down the prices, and every market player loses, including manufacturers, payers, and consumers. In addition, the distribution of value created by PBMs, that is, who gets a slice of the pie, depends on the market structure. The market structure is determined by the number of players and the market share of each player. The more concentrated a market, that is fewer players and the larger market shares, the larger the slice of the pie. 
For example, if PBM market is concentrated but the insurance market is not, much of the value will accrue to PBMs and vice versa. If the insurance market becomes more competitive, a larger portion of value will be captured by consumers. It is also the case that if the market structure does not change, the allocation of value generated by PBMs will not change barring heavy-handed regulations. Any attempt to change rebate practices will result in either shuffling dollars around by PBMs or simply renaming revenue buckets. With this as the backdrop, let's look at several proposed solutions to the rebate problem. Some proposed to require rebates to be fully passed through to payers. Under this scenario, PBMs could simply put the share of rebates belonging to them under fees charged to drug manufacturers, leaving the rest for payers. This seems consistent with what PBMs are doing. For instance, the proportion of commercial health plans contracting with Express Scripts and receiving full rebate pass-through increased from 50% in 2018 to 75% in 2021. Proposals were also floated to mandate a full pass-through of rebates to consumers. This is not much different from a full pass-through to payers. Note that payers can simply increase premiums to offset reduced rebates. By the way, it's understandable that protecting consumer interests is very politically popular because it's a good selling point for politicians, but not necessarily for economists. Another proposal is to replace post-sale rebates with upfront discounts, with the goal to reduce consumer cost sharing because copay and coinsurance would then be calculated based on net prices rather than list prices. Remember, if the market structure is not changed, the slice of the pie belonging to PBMs would remain the same. Now, with rebates gone, PBMs would need to increase the fees charged to manufacturers so that they are not worse off. Since some dollars are shifted to fees, the upfront discounts will be smaller than the previous rebates. Finally, some propose to replace rebates with administrative fees. These administrative fees should be detached from list prices and volume. This approach would basically take the wind out of PBM sales. If this were implemented, PBMs will not be able to create value using the economies of scale. The prescription drug market would be less efficient and spending will increase. Under this scenario, payers, maybe pharmacists too, would likely create a division to implement major PBM functions to directly negotiate with manufacturers and manage formularies. And current PBMs would perform the other two functions, prescription fulfillment and claims processing. But in this process, the market will lose the economies of scale leverage by PBMs to keep the prices down. Now, if regulating rebate practices will not work, how can we address the public concerns then? Let's go over the public concerns one by one. Concern number one, PBMs are not incentivized to use cost-effective drugs such as generics or biosimilars and thus harm consumers' well-being. Remember, consumers are not PBMs' clients, payers are. It is payers who should care about prescription drug spending and represent consumers' interests. But payers cannot ensure formularies are properly designed to encourage the use of cost-effective drugs. What does this mean? It suggests that PBMs have overwhelming market power. For example, many payers are not able to put a clause in their contracts with PBMs to allow an independent audit. The solution? We need to ensure a competitive PBM market. But unfortunately, the market is highly consolidated now, with the top three PBMs accounting for 
80% of the total market. And all major PBMs are vertically integrated with large commercial insurers and or pharmacies. Concern number two, drug manufacturers increase prices so that their products have better voluntary status because PBMs can get a larger rebate. The problem with increased prices is associated with the drug manufacturer market, not a PBM market. Regulating rebate practices will not address the problem. The prices depend on the number of manufacturers competing in a specific therapeutic area. If there is only one drug available, it is a monopoly and there's really not much PBMs or other marketplaces can do. If it is a competitive therapeutic area, when one manufacturer increases its price, others can follow suit. As a result, there's no point in doing so because the first mover will not gain any advantage in competing for favorable formula replacement. Again, the solution is to cultivate a competitive pharmaceutical market. Concern number three, consumers do not benefit from rebates because their cost sharing is calculated based on list prices, not an imposed rebate net prices. As discussed before, we can force PBMs to pass through the rebates to consumers, but their insurance premiums will increase. Overall, there's little gain for consumers, if any at all. The desirable approach to protecting consumers' well-being is to make PBM and insurer markets more competitive so that a larger slice of the pie will be allocated to consumers. Here are the takeaways. Despite a public outcry over PBM's rebate practices, directly regulating rebates will not ensure that payers or consumers receive more benefits from rebates, nor will it bend the prescription drug cost curve. The best way forward is to maintain and increase competition in the markets of drug manufacturers, PBMs, and payers. Okay, that's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Please let us know the topics of your interest. I will see you next time.